0: For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. This Ministry 127 podcast is entitled, Helping People into Discipleship and Ministry with Mrs. Joy Keeley. Mrs. Keeley has been serving on the staff of Lancaster Baptist Church since 2003 as a secretary in the areas of outreach and missions.
1: I want to share a verse with you, it's Colossians 2 verses 6 and 7. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. You know, it's so encouraging um, as your church grows and you bring people into the church, Uh, the best way that we have discovered at Lancaster Baptist is to help people be discipled and by discipling them then it helps them and enables them to grow faster. Um, You know what I'm going to share with you is some things that we do at our church but I want you to feel free to apply them and and I want you to feel free to use your imagination and expand on it. Um, our, Our church is 23 years old. We have changed the way that we have done discipleship many multiple times uh we want to be able there's plenty of seats up here ladies just feel free um we want to be able to meet the needs of our membership and our membership and i'm sure your church is the same your membership is constantly changing and you have to meet the needs of your people don't be afraid to try anything and we uh Whatever our pastor says, you know, sometimes you get in a routine and you just think you just want to go along, go along, go along, and you just, you have your system as a a lady. I have my system and I finally get it down pat and pastor will say, you know what, I think we need to do this and I'm thinking, I just figured out a system for this and I have it and I'm efficient at it now and now I have to change but you know with every change that we've made here it's always been exciting and actually when you repeat things and do them over and over then you don't take the care that you should have and people require care. People want to know they're cared about and loved and that's one of the greatest things about discipleship. So let's see if we can get started. Our first point the way I just break things down real simple. So this simp- this outline is really simple. It's not complex at all. Basically, the first thing that we do or that I do when um, I work with this and I came in and they had had discipleship before I came here, but we developed something that was even more different. And you can take this and apply it to your own church however you want. We designed a database. Now, our church is bigger than most churches, but <coughs> You know, you can take anything and make it big or small or change it. Don't go by what we said. Take it and apply it to your ministry. Um, we use an access database. Brother Schmidt says access, if you're not familiar with it, is basically Excel on steroids. When he told me that, I was like, what does that mean? I had never, ever heard of access. Before I came here to work, I had, a, I had been a banker and um, made loans i didn't know i mean i knew how to work excel and do formulas and stuff like that but i was like clueless about access and it's really not as complicated as it sounds but if you're intimidated by access excel works the same way it'll do the same thing especially if you have vista now i don't know how many of you have vista vista does a lot more with excel in it so the one thing that we do is when someone becomes a member of the church We don't want to say, oh, now they're a member, we have to quit, we don't need to worry about them, they're a member, and they know exactly what to do. New Christians don't know what to do, new Christians don't know how to grow, they're they're just like in awe that God loves them and that God cares about them. So what we do is every week, we do it on a weekly basis every time a member is added to the church. Like Sunday, we had 41 adult new members added to our church. They go in a database, and in that database, we call them, and this is a busy week, but we will do this this week. We call them and just welcome them to our church, and we tell them the pastor loves them. Um, you know, sometimes we don't catch people at home. If we don't catch them at home, we leave a message. People are busy. People, if you're busy, they're busy too. Um, we We call and leave a message welcoming them to a church. Um, But we design this database and we keep track of the things that we do in this database. So I forgot, I need to hit my button. (laughs) But you can use any kind of database and then we track the members. We make weekly phone calls. Um, I used to do this all the time. It's not part of my job now, but basically someone on our staff calls all our new members and they introduce themselves. New members always feel like, I don't know anybody else. Maybe they only know the person that actually shared with them the plan of salvation or the soul winner that they met door knocking or the person that helped them um, when they got baptized. So introduce yourself. Make them feel welcome. You know, um, Talk to them. Say, have you ever been to an adult Bible class? Do you go to a Sunday school class? A lot of people, especially in California, Sunday school is foreign to them. They don't really know what Sunday school is. Um, tell them about it. We just tell them it's a small group where you can get to meet people and we can meet your needs. Um, share with them pastor's love for them when you talk to them on the phone. And then maybe sometimes when I get on the phone, I just get in this routine and I just kind of can go, you know, I have what I want to say. But take some time and then ask them, do you have any questions? You, you would be surprised the questions that new members ask, you know, like um, I can't even think of any right now, but I've had some very interesting questions because they don't really know what church is about, you know. Um, a lot of new members that join Sunday, they don't really realize what the Spiritual Leadership Conference is about. They won't know in two weeks what our Vacation Bible School is about if we don't tell them. You know, I might we might call them this week and they'll say, well, what is Vacation Bible School? I've never heard of that. You know, is it for adults? You know, they'll ask you questions like that. So um, we do that. We ask them if they from the get-go, we start talking to them about discipleship. We ask them on the phone, and they don't know what the term discipleship is. When you call someone who's a brand new Christian who is totally unchurched that you led to the Lord, their discipleship isn't a word that the world uses. They don't really understand the term discipleship. So a lot of times you'll say, well, would you be interested in discipleship. And to you, you're like, well, discipleship is discipleship. They'll go, what is discipleship? What is that all about? Take some time to explain to them. Now your church program for discipleship might be different than what ours is. So explain to them what your church discipleship program is. Explain to them when they meet. For us, what we would say, well, it's a class and we don't really call it a class. It's a time where you can meet one-on-one with if it's a couple we say with another couple if it's a single person then we say if it's a lady we say with another lady if it's a man we say with another man and we partner you up we meet the same time that the church service meets on wednesday night at seven o'clock in a different location and it gives you the opportunity to learn more about the bible And then you have the opportunity, because you're one-on-one, you can ask questions. Because, you know, when you were in the service, you couldn't just raise your hand and ask pastor questions. You can't just interrupt the service like that. But this will go through the different steps uh, uh, on how to grow as a Christian, how to read your Bible, how to study your Bible, how to memorize the Bible, and it'll answer a lot of questions. And you'll have the opportunity right then to ask questions where you don't have in church. And this will really help you. So, um... That's kind of how we do it. Now, if your discipleship program is different than ours, then you're going to say something different. Um, Maybe you have a discipleship class, and you say, well, it's for all the new members, and they meet in the class. You can explain it like that. But probably in your discipleship class, you might have a time of questions and answers where they can answer it. This is very helpful for new members. We even have people that are visitors that aren't members yet that come to the class not a lot of them most of them are members but if someone has been coming to an adult Bible class and they're maybe interested in wanting to learn more about the Christian life our discipleship program starts basically with the plan of salvation again and goes through baptism and stuff like that so then the next step you know you're tracking new members and then you're asking them needs I um, can't read without my glasses <laughs> You have different needs. Sometimes they come to you when I make these phone calls, or I don't make them all the time, somebody else makes them now. They might discover a need that a new member has. You need to communicate with the pastor, you need to communicate with the adult uh, Bible class leader. Every member has different needs. You know, you need to ask them, How can we be a blessing to you? And, you know, do you have any? Some people are very afraid to ask questions or they don't really know the questions to ask. You might know from looking at your church database that these people have children. You might ask them, how are your children adjusting? You know, is there anything that we can do to be a blessing to you, to help to you? So these are just some of the things you can do. Just make sure that you pass it on if they have any needs. The next step that there is is determining a plan in your discipleship, okay? What we do is, you know, like I said, we contact the member first, but then also in, within your plan, you know, that's really basically our first step. We have to enlist mentors. Okay. I mean, how are you going to disciple people? We call them and say, oh, we want you to come to discipleship. And they say, yes, then you have to have a, a group of people that are there who are willing to mentor. So what we do is, um, Through our pastoral staff, they give us names of people in adult Bible classes who they feel would be available and willing to disciple. We have discipleship training once a year where all our disciples meet and we review our curriculum and tell them how they're supposed to go through that, okay? But we also, when someone says they want to do discipleship, the girl that actually does it for the church right now, her name is Abigail, she'll say, you do, and she'll say, when do you want to start? They'll pick a Wednesday night they want to start. Then we'll contact the adult Bible class teacher and say, there was someone in your class that wants to be discipled. And we. this is just the way that we do it. Now your pastor might want to do it differently. So take it and apply to it however your church would want to do it. Um, We asked the adult Bible class teacher, who in your class do you think would be a good fit to disciple? You know, because everybody has different personalities. Some people just would immediately click, and then you might put them with someone else in your class, and it just, what would happen is they wouldn't click, and then they would drop out of discipleship. They wouldn't want to come because there was no common interest. You know, you work with people. You understand how that is. Some people click, and some people would never click. So what you do is we have a pool of disciples that are available, but as uh, the person coordinating it, I just don't pick somebody. I don't look at my list and go say, I'm going to call that person. I feel like that the adult Bible class teacher or the pastoral staff member who is in charge of the discipleship program, which is Brother Christensen right now, if, if the adult Bible, say the person isn't in an adult Bible class, they just got saved, they're not in an adult Bible class, they're not connected in any way, then I would bring that to Brother Christensen and say, who do you think? And he usually knows most visitors, you know. So we just work it out. It's not a decision that I just make on my own. I usually leave it to the person that knows the new Christian. Um, And then we pair them up. We call them and say, are you available to discipleship? Are you still willing to disciple? You know, we have this couple, they're in your Sunday school class, and then we just tell them when to meet. And then when they come to discipleship on Wednesday night, then we introduce them to each other. Sometimes they know each other, and it's not really a big deal. So um, the next... I forgot to click, enlist um, mentors. The next thing is you need to equip with materials and training. I mean, don't you think it would be funny if we basically said, we want you to disciple somebody, but we never told them how to disciple? I know that um, what we have, we use here, every, lots of churches have their own discipleship program or different materials that they use. And there's a lot of them out there. The one that we use and we recommend is published by Striving Together. It's called Daily in the Word. Now, these cards are older. It has a new cover to it, but I just want to show you this. A lot of times when, well, all the time when people join the church, they get a new member packet. This is in a new member packet, too. It has a little enrollment form on it. I think Striving Together sells these enrollment forms also. But um, we have the curriculum daily in the Word, which is what we use. And like I said, we sit down and we train our disciples once a year, and we are constantly enlisting new disciplers because we just we have that kind of need sometimes people aren't able to disciple they've been disciplers for a long time and the one thing that I found because I am a discipler my husband teaches an adult bible class but we also disciple people in our class and I want to encourage you ladies the best thing that you can do is to disciple somebody it keeps you accountable it keeps them accountable. It's just the greatest thing. It helps you grow in your Christian walk with the Lord, and it helps them grow. I, I just love it. That's one of the, one of the greatest things about discipling, it, because the program that we use is called Daily in the Word, and in that program, it challenges them every day to be daily in the Word. You know, new Christians don't realize that they need to be daily in the Word. They think, well, I'm coming to church on Sunday. My husband and I are discipling a couple Right now, and it's totally hilarious because they're from a Catholic background. Well, Catholics think that if they go to church once a week, hey, I have, I have arrived, you know, because most Catholics go twice a year. So they think (laughs) if they're going to church once a week now, they're doing really good. So they're kind of they're. You know, we're trying to make them more accountable on Wednesday nights. You know, this is what you need to do. And the great thing about this is just how we do it. The great thing is when you get a new Christian in discipleship, not only are they coming on Sunday morning, but then they're getting used to coming on Wednesday nights. Okay, so then you're going to eventually, you know, you're teaching them three to thrive. So um, the other thing that we do is um, we establish criteria and goals. Um Every year, Brother Christensen, who's in charge of discipleship, you know, now we just have goals. We don't always meet those goals, but Pastor has one of his favorite sayings is, he who aims at nothing hits it every time. If you say, well, I don't know how many I want to disciple, you know, then what you're saying is my goal is zero, and you're going to have zero people discipled. So every year they establish, how many people do you want to disciple? How many people do you want to do? The other thing that we do, which is as a great blessing and it really encourages people. People like to be, whether they say it or not, people like to be stroked, they like to be recognized. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we do for our discipleship program is when they complete the discipleship program, we give them a certificate and we recognize them in the service on Wednesday night. Their first Wednesday night, after they complete the discipleship program, pastor calls their name from the pulpit and then we take them a certificate and we usually clap for them. You know, that makes people feel like it wasn't just a waste. It was important. And, you know, your church might want to do something different, but maybe your pastor might have a different way of recognizing them. But it's nice to uh, recognize them and have goals. Um, We have different goals within our discipleship. You know, we try to keep it moving. Some people, everybody will go through discipleship at a different pace, but we try to keep it moving. If you drag it out forever... It just doesn't have the same effect. You want to keep people on a consistent, growing basis in their Christian walk. Now, the goal of discipleship is to develop people, okay? One of the ways that you're going to develop people in this program is investing in them. And like I said, my husband and I are disciplers. The greatest thing that... I mean, there's lots of great things about discipleship, but you give yourself to the person. You spend time with them. You develop a personal friendship. You also develop a walk, a closer walk with the Lord. Every time I disciple someone, they teach me something, too. You know, you think as a discipler that you're teaching someone something, but when you disciple, they teach you different things. Just It's so funny. I have four daughters, and... Um, your children, if you have children, they teach you things. They really teach you things. And what's funny is maybe two years ago, we went through a a learning trial as a parent with my oldest daughter. And um, it was in a dating relationship. I won't go into big detail or anything. I was in a dating relationship. And we spent many nights till, with her in our room until midnight. And you know, of course, you try and do it in your room so your other children don't hear. Well, they know when you go in the room that it's bad news, right? <laughs> so yeah. the next day after one of these episodes, the next day, I'm just telling my daughters a new role. My other two daughters that are, were still in high school, I told them a new rule and they were like, mom, you know, by the time that I get to be this age, there's going to be so many rules. And I said, well, I'm sorry. We're, you know, they're like, we're never going to get to date. We're never going to get to do this. But they, I said, well, you, I just told my children, I said, please be patient with me because I'm still learning as a parent. I have never done this before. And it's the same way in discipleship, you know, especially the first time you disciple, you might do it one way, and then the second time you disciple, your disciple discipler, it was before they taught you something, and maybe they helped you be able to present some next step in your Christian growth a different way. And, and that's the exciting thing. You're getting to develop people and invest in people's life. One of the other great things to do is to ask them to be your soul-winning partner. A new Christian is, like, petrified. <laughs> Of This this is like one of the biggest things when you ask him to do that. And one of the great things that we do, we have a couple big days here really a year. And so when we're discipling somebody, we really encourage them to go with us on that big day. We're like, you just walk with us. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything at all. And so several times we've had people go with us and they're like, wow, that wasn't that bad, you know? They're they're like, wow, it wasn't that bad. But it helps them see the needs of other people in the world. It's just a great, it's a great tool. The other thing that you can do to um, invest, when you're investing in people's lives, is they help you reach other people. This couple that we're discipling now, they are actually relatives of someone else in our class, and we discipled that couple. And that couple led us to meet this couple. So it's a real tool where you can meet other people. You know, say, hey, do you have any friends that you want me to pray for? Um, The neat thing about discipling, too, is you're accountable in your prayer life. You know, you share your prayer needs with them. They share their prayer needs with you. And then it helps when they can share their praises, their answers to their prayer. And sometimes as a new Christian, they are like, god really heard my prayer you know they don't they don't correlate all that so that's a great thing about investing in people's lives um just as you would put something in the you need to put something in the bank to earn interest you have to invest in other people's life in order to see results um the next thing is improve watch people grow and change a lot of these overlap But be patient with people. Sometimes we've had disciplers quit on us, and that's kind of discouraging. But just give them a break and then just ask them in six months. You know, maybe they had a family crisis come up and they just can't complete their obligation right now. One of the things that we found in discipleship is if you can't get someone to be faithful to discipleship, um, don't push that issue with them. You know, pray for them, let the Lord, but they need to be kind of committed to discipleship to make the program, at least the program that we work, work. So just say, you know, if you're not ready for this, you know, and you can only commit to being faithful to church, we want you to do that. Why don't we, you know, readdress this? Um, the couple that we're discipling right now, my husband travels for the college in the summertime, and they are both in account, work in accounting or something for some company in their year-end was June 30th so we just took a break and we'll start back again in August but it helps to keep the consistency you know be patient teach them teach them by example like asking them to go soul winning asking them to share their trials and their testimony and then one of the things that you can do for improvement too is be willing to change your program or the way that you do discipleship as an individual, too. Some churches don't even have a formal discipleship program. When Pastor started Lancaster Baptist Church, he did not have a formal discipleship program. He had people over to his house and, you know, mentored them one-on-one instead of a formalized discipleship program. If your church is small or you're in a growing church or something like that, you can do that. I know a lot of pastors, who are starting new churches, and they even go to the person's house and meet with them there. Um, We have a lot of people here. I don't know what area you're from. We have a lot of people that are Jehovah Witnesses, and they have gotten saved out of the Jehovah Witness background. Well, that's one of the things that Jehovah Witnesses do. They go to the people's houses all the time to have Bible studies. So people here are familiar with that. I don't know if that's your area, in your area, or different things like that. But um, I would challenge every church, if you don't have discipleship, encourage it, start it in some kind of way. Just start it small. Pastor Chapel and Mrs. Chapel are the ones that used to mentor and disciple everyone, and because they invested in people's lives, lives were changed. And um, You can change your program. Don't be afraid to change your program. Say, we, we have one now, but it's not really working then just take some ideas or some things that I've said today and, you know, you can implement them. You can even look at, I think, in the bookstore or else in the Striving Together bookstore, you can see the Daily in the Word curriculum that we use. Um, you know, it's up to you if you want to use it, but pastor would encourage you to use it. He did not write it. It was written by somebody else driving together, publishes it. But it's been a very effective tool. Um, and then... The last thing that we do with our discipleship program, when people do uh, finish, we like to make sure that they're included. Um, we even invite people who join our church that maybe they moved here from another area and they came from a Baptist background and they've been Baptist, you know, they've been saved all their life. Basically, when we moved here, we were even encouraged to do the discipleship program. and My husband had been to Bible college. and all that stuff, it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing because once you've gone through the discipleship program, then you can also mentor other people and include them. So one of the things that we do after the discipleship program is we want to encourage people to be um, ministers or to minister in the ministry somewhere. pastor has a saying that says every member is a minister. You know, if you are a part of something and you're doing something within your church, then you actually feel like it's part of you and it's it creates an ownership that only comes with participation. I don't really know, I'm probably not explaining it the right way. But basically if you did something, if you built something, then you would feel like part ownership, even if you worked for a company, say you built there's you know, I'm just using this example because we have Lockheed and Northrop Grumman here and they build planes. Well, the planes don't belong to any employee, but they feel ownership and accountability and a part of it because they helped build that plane. They're proud of it. It creates loyalty and ownership. Well, if you get people involved in ministry, then you make them become a part of it and feel ownership, and because they have ownership and they're proud of it and they're excited about it, they're going to be more willing to share it with other people. Some people can, you know, join your church right away. And belong to a ministry, you know, work in the nursery right away, or teach a Sunday school class right away, or something like that. But not everyone is there. Someone who just, wow, there is. Um, there was a man who got saved this Sunday morning. It, it, the story is really neat. I asked Brother first. I saw. It. I never saw this name before. I don't know who this man is because I m- track all that stuff. I said I don't really know who this man is. I said, who is he? And he said. Oh, Joy, that's the neatest story. He said, uh, and he got baptized Sunday night, which is the great part, is um, he said he was going to another church. Somebody had invited him to another church, and he came to the wrong church. He goes, Is that not great, Joy? I said, Wow. I said, um, That is really interesting. He goes, I go, Where? He goes, Somebody invited him to the Vineyard Church, but he somehow ended up at this church. God just worked it out. And then he, he actually, he was so excited. He had never heard the gospel before. He didn't really know anything about it. And so they told him when they led him to Lord on Sunday morning, you, you know, the next step in your Christian walk is to get saved and so, or to baptize. So he came back Sunday night and he got baptized. And it's just the greatest thing. I mean, just different things like that. Now, he um, probably wouldn't be able to go into ministry right away. You know what I'm saying? But once he went through discipleship and he got grounded in his face and established you know then we would want him to become a a part of that ministry Um, there's so many people at our church if you could just hear the testimonies of the people at our church and the backgrounds that they came from God is just so good how they he changes their lives and it's neat for you as a Christian to watch that that is just the transformation that takes place in their life and it's not you it's totally the Lord it's just the greatest thing
0: Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. Today's lesson was on helping people into discipleship and ministry with Mrs. Joy Keeley. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this ministry 127 podcast.